Hello and welcome to Don't Look Now, the podcast with your host, Jenny McDonald and Will Hegeman coming to you as always this week with our stories of the strange, inexplicable, random, historical, whatever it is we are in the mood for. Um, as always, Jenny has chosen a topic and done some research and I am absolutely clueless. So I'll let Jenny lead us off here and give me some clue as to what we're talking about. The spooky season has begun. Okay. We're now in the Halloween season. We are officially. Um, so of course I had to come up with something appropriate for that. So I figured we would start with something historical in nature okay. and it's a worldwide phenomena. All right. Worldwide phenomena in keeping with Halloween. We've already done witch hunts. Um, eh, God, I have no idea, man. No. <laughs> Look, I had to go through our catalog to figure this one out because I was like, have we done vampires? Kind of. Did we do werewolves? Kind of. Did we do witches? Several times. Yep. We did the history of Halloween. My yep. God, do I run out of spooky stuff? No, I did not. <laughs> I don't know. We're going to go with the boogeyman. I have no. Well, boogeyman would be boogeyman. a good one. Kind of. They definitely say boo. No, the ghosts. The ghosts. Yeah, we have not had a legitimate ghost discussion, so. Right. So I wanted to do the Winchester Mystery House. Okay. Um, Will knows I did not have my shit together today. So <laughs> instead, we're going to talk about the history of ghosts throughout the world. <laughs> All right. Sounds good to me. Maybe sometime during the spooky season, I'll get my shit together. Not today. I mean, I, I've got no idea. Right. Outside of pure western tradition and even then only a little bit of it so well ghosts are actually kind of an interesting so what actually spurred this was after i realized winchester i didn't have time to put anything together i was really wanting to do something on um the lady in white ghost phenomenon yeah because that's actually a worldwide ghost phenomenon yeah so for anybody that doesn't know it um the premise of it is like a young couple on a country road driving along and a woman dressed in white appears and then they stop, pull over, offer a ride. She gets in the back seat and they start driving and then she disappears. Yeah. And it's truly centuries worth of these stories, variations of this, obviously, since cars haven't always been around, but this goes around worldwide. Like even in the Nordic areas, there's mm -hmm. stories in like Finland about the woman in white. So it's just fascinating and some people are even trying to correlate um, the Arthurian ledger legend of the lady in the lake as being okay. a woman in white. So interesting. Yeah. I don't know is what the moral mm. of that story is. So a belief in the afterlife in general is central to every major civilization in the ancient world and most modern societies. And it's encouraged the recognition of the reality of ghosts and spirits as um, the spirits of those that have departed and they have returned from the realm of the dead or refused to leave the land of the living for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. So to the people of the ancient world, there's no doubt that the soul of a human being survives bodily death. 
whatever an individual person's view on the subject that they were culturally brought up with, um, the understanding that the dead lived on in another form required some sort of sustenance. So whatever kind of life you lived on earth, however you were buried, and then however long you were remembered was part of your afterlife. Mm-hmm. And the details of this vary from cultures, of course, um, but there's several constants and there were several like laws such as the souls of the dead would remain there unless given license to return to the land of the living or to pass on. Um, so if they were stuck in this purgatory of not being able to move on to the next level or to the afterlife, then it's thought that maybe they didn't have the proper funeral rites, mm-hmm. that maybe they weren't buried properly or they weren't buried at all. Um, maybe they had death by drowning or they couldn't recover the body. Maybe the body was never found because the person went missing. Maybe they were murdered. Maybe they had unfinished business of some sort, whatever it is, they are not able to pass on until their death has been avenged and their soul has been brought to peace. Okay. Yep. That is kind of canon tradition, right? Yeah, you know, something's got to keep them from walking into the light. So uh. something. And traditionally, if you see a ghost, even if it's somebody that you loved dearly, it's not necessarily like a welcoming experience. (laughs) They're supposed to go where they belong and you're not supposed to come back. Right. Yeah. Um, So whenever you do see a ghost, people tend to be like, oh, my God, (laughs) something's real wrong if you're here. Um, They take it as a bad omen for themselves or as a need to take care of the ghost itself. Yeah, I'm immediately thinking Hamlet here, but yeah. Right. Hamlet's a perfect example. If you look at most written history, there is a belief in ghosts and cultures that mention it, which is really interesting. So let's start in Mesopotamia. In Mesopotamian culture, death was the final act of life from which there's no return. Uh, The land of the dead was known by several names, including Irkala, which is the realm beneath the earth known as the land of no return, where the souls dwell in dreary darkness, feed on (laughs) dirt, and sip from mud puddles. That sounds unpleasant. It does. It does sound unpleasant. Um, But... This existence was the final end for all the living, no matter how great or poor they were throughout their life, how good of a person they were. Um, And it's thought that this land was ruled over by a dark queen. And um, her name is unpronounceable for me because I've never heard it. And it's just a bunch of vowels. And I apologize. (laughs) Um, And no soul was permitted to leave her Kala for any reason, not even a goddess. Um, So there's like stories of the gods trying to take their way and get out. And they sure as hell cannot. The doctors of Mesopotamia, known as the Asu and Asapu, employed spells that would placate ghosts, but before treatment could begin, the doctor would ask the patient honestly to confess any sins that would have called a ghost from the underground. So I guess these would be your modern day, uh, what are they called? Exorcism? Exorcism in a way. Paranormalists. Sickness in Mesopotamia was considered an outward manifestation of some sort of sin that was being punished by the gods or by a spirit of the departed. It was always assumed to be the fault of the person who was ill until you could prove otherwise, which I don't know how the hell you could prove (laughs) otherwise, though. (laughs) 
And upon death, a spiritual entity known as the Gidim was created, and it maintained the personal identity of the deceased and traveled on to the land of the dead. Um, it was this Gidim or ghost that would return to haunt the living if proper attention hadn't been paid to funeral rites or burial. So that's nice. Someone's going to hang around and pester you rather than go off underground and sit puddles. So. Right. I can see where they wouldn't have a lot of motivation to head on off. but yeah. I don't want to eat dirt and sip out of puddles for the rest yeah. of eternity. I just don't. So then if we move to ancient Egypt, if someone came back as a ghost, it was a big freaking deal there too. Yeah. Um, for the Egyptians, non-existence was completely intolerable. And it was believed that at death, the soul traveled to the hall of truth where you're judged by Osiris and the judges and if your heart weighed more than the feather of truth, then your soul would proceed to the afterlife. Um, however, if nope, if your heart weighed less than the feather of truth, yeah. you would go on to the afterlife. However, if it was heavier, then your heart was thrown onto a dirt floor, eaten by a monster, and your soul would cease to exist. However, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, things could go wrong. So the soul was considered a single entity known as the coup, which is uh, an immortal aspect of the individual um, because they thought that individuals were like five different parts, two of them, the Ba and the Ka were the spirit and the personality. They came together after death in the form of the Ak. Um, and then it was the Ak that would return as the ghost. So mm -hmm. if you hadn't completed the proper funeral rites and been buried properly, um, then the, the Ak would have, returned to redress the wrong okay coming back to sass the living for not doing things <laughs> properly uh the living would be harassed by the ghost and would have to plead their case directly to the ghost in hope of a reasonable response and if that didn't work they'd have to have a priest intervene and judge between the living and the dead hmm. um so as an example when misfortune falls on a widower it's first attributed to a sin that he had hidden from his wife. Now that she was dead, she knew all things and she's punishing him. So he would have to write a letter to his dead wife and leave it in her tomb. And they've actually found evidence of huh. a letter of this nature um, so that he would beg his wife to leave him alone and say he's innocent <laughs> of any wrongdoing, which is just amazing. <laughs> If properly buried with adequate rights and continually remembered, the spirits of the dead would be of a great benefit to the living and watch over them throughout their whole life, which is nice. So kind of like um, when they had altars that they would leave things at. That's mm -hmm. why, you know, if we take care of the dead, then they'll take care of us as the living. So then in ancient Greece, the afterlife consisted of three distant realms, distinct realms. Um, once died, a coin would be placed in one's mouth to pay Sharon, uh, the ferryman, to take this soul across the river Styx. Uh, the coin wasn't payment so much as a sign of respect between the soul and the gods. The greater the value of coin, the better the seat of the soul, the better the seat the soul got in the boat. And then once you're on the other side, you pass by the three-headed dogs, Serbius, and then stand before the three judges to give an account of the life you had lived. Once your story's told, the judges would confer, and then one would be given a cup of water from the river Leith, the waters of forgetfulness, and one would forget their former life on earth. And then you would get assigned a location. So if you're a warrior in battle, you went to the Elysian fields, which were a paradise. If you'd been a good person, you went to the plain of Asphodel. 
which was also kind of nice. But if you were a shitty person, you went to the darkness of Tartarus, where the soul remained until it had atoned for the sins of their life. No soul was condemned to eternal damnation. Um, you could get per- elevated to the plane of Asphodel from Tartarus at any time. Even though you weren't expected to return to Earth, sometimes they did, mm-hmm. as you do. Uh, Megra did it in the Hercules story. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and I was just thinking they definitely liked their their fitting punishments for people. That was kind of their right their shtick. <laughs> exactly. Because I mean, a lot of the stories, especially of this were written as morals for people to live good lives. Yep. So then if you think Greece, let's move right into Rome. Uh, Ghosts in ancient Rome were understood to appear in certain predictable ways and usually at certain times of night, which is interesting because this is really the first time the night thing has been brought up. Ghosts could not be seen without some kind of light in previous stories. Um, So they would not appear in a dream unless it was a friend or a loved one, but ghosts who appeared in dreams were considered completely different kinds of spirits rather than a restless ghost that had suffered an untimely or unjust death. An interesting departure from that though, is there is a story. I'm going to try to read it real quick. I'm sorry. Um, The story of the maiden uh, Philoninian as, as told by Phlegon of Trollis, these names. (laughs) At any rate, Philoninian is married to one of Alexander the Great's generals, Craterus, and dies after six months of marriage. She's returned to life and visits a youth named Macates every night in his room at her parents' house. When she's discovered by her parents, she explains she was released from the underworld for a specific purpose and then dies a second time. Hmm. What the purpose is, I don't know. But that's specifically what she came back to tell us. So then what does all this mean, right? Roman literature in general is filled with a lot of strange and inexplicable creatures, objects, and occurrences. There's centaurs, there's ghosts, there's volcanic eruptions. Um, So it may have been that they were trying to give some rationale to phenomena that was happening around them. Makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's unknown. But it, it's not uncommon in stories of the Romans for the spirit to return asking a loved one to avenge their death. Um, it's actually pretty common. And that a lot of the stories of this time were very dramatic and needed these sort of resolutions to make up for their misbehavior and the, um, the living. So then if we move to China and India. In Chinese culture, the spirit of a person who's drowned, died alone, died in battle, or suffered some other death where they went unburied would appear bodily and could only be seen at night by torchlight. The spirit of an ancestor who wanted to relate some information or give a warning would appear in a dream. Ghosts were considered a reality by the Chinese philosopher Mo Tai from 470 BCE, who argued in favor of accepting the report of the ghost of the minister Tupu from returning from the afterlife to assassinate Shuan, the king of the Zhu. <laughs> he reasoned that when people tell of how a certain machine operates, when, when you're not acquainted with the machine or how mm-hmm. people speak in a land that they've never been to, you should just accept what you say. If the report mostly seems credible, if the person seems like a reliable witness. So with this line of reasoning, you should accept what's said about ghosts if 
the person that tells you about them can be trusted in what they say about other things in life. All righty. By this logic. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a lot of historical accounts and contemporary reports during this guy's time that contained references to ghosts and they were accepted entirely as a reality in the way that established history reports were at the time. The Chinese belief in ghosts was heavily influenced by their practice of ancestor worship and belief that the departed continued to exert a powerful influence on modern people's lives. As in other cultures, the spirit of the dead could benefit the living unless they had been improprietary in burial or funeral rites or the dead had been given dispensation from heaven to return to right or wrong. The ghost festival, which originated to honor and appease the dead, is still held on the 15th day of the seventh month of the year, known as Ghost Month. And this is the time that it's thought the veil between the realm of the living and the dead is the thinnest, so the dead can easily cross over. So it's kind of the same as our Day of the Dead. And during the festival, people leave out food and gifts to appease the dead and honor them in hopes that they'll remain in their own realm and not cross that (laughs) veil. Great. This was a fun party. Go home. Yeah. (laughs) I packed you a Tupperware. (laughs) The Chinese afterlife was thought of as a journey in which the soul had to cross a bridge over an abyss where it was judged. If the soul was found worthy, it continued on paused at a pavilion to look back on the land of the living one last time, and then drank a cup of something called Mingpo soup, um, which caused one to forget one's former life entirely. So that's kind of similar to that. The river Lethe. Yeah. Yeah. Crossing the river sticks. The ghost culture of China diverges at this point on what happens to the soul next. Um, In some places it goes to heaven while in others it's reincarnated. If the soul is found unworthy, it crosses the bridge to the afterlife and slips down into hell where it stays. No matter what, though, it's supposed to stay on that side. (laughs) Um, So if it doesn't, that's kind of alarming. And it usually is not a good thing. Um, It's probably not going to be your ancestor coming to warn you. It's probably evil. All right. Yeah. Uh, Chinese ghost stories often carry a moral along with the along the lines of this, um, emphasizing virtuous behavior and kindness to others. Confucius himself believed in the efficacy of the ghost story because he felt the lessons learned from the supernatural encounters could instill proper virtues in the living. He thought this was even true of encounters with so-called hungry ghosts, which are spirits that relatives have forgotten their duties of respect and remembrance and or those who have been murdered so either you neglected to do what you're supposed to do or i was murdered or both we don't know yet fun game (laughs) yeah hungry ghosts were thought to have received special dispensation from the gods to torment the living until they got what they deserved the hungry ghosts could torment the mind of the living or inhabit the home and behave along the lines of a familiar poltergeist so this is also true in India, where the ghosts of the departed were seen as kind of hungry ghosts. In ancient and modern India, ghosts were known as boots, which I like, <laughs> and appeared as humans, but with backward feet, and they could change their appearance without warning. The feet are thought to appear backwards to symbolize that something had gone wrong, that the spirit was in an unnatural state. So they would materialize when the person died before their ordained time on earth. So if it was an untimely death, they would okay. appear. Since they're unable to enjoy the fullness of their lives, they return to earth in hope of possessing the body of some living person. So 
India believes on a ghost possession story. Um, they believe the spirit reanimating their own course potentially. This is a really big concern in ancient India and scholars maintain that this led to the practice of cremating the dead because if you cremate a body, there ain't nobody <laughs> to come back to. And they would burn certain spices, um, use amulets and prayers to protect the living from the spirits taking possession of them as soon as they realized they couldn't get back into their body. <laughs> and since these spirits died before their allotted time, they're super unhappy and usually pissed off. Great combination. <laughs> Ghosts were thought to cause multiple problems when they manifested themselves physically, but in some cultures, it's beneficial when they appear in dreams. Sometimes it's beneficial in India. Sometimes yeah. it's not. Um, a particularly dangerous boot is known as the Kural, and it's the spirit of a woman who had died in childbirth. This ghost was thought to be encountered at crossroads and intersections. Yeah, there you go. Yep. And would make advances of friendship to the living. If the living person was a woman, the Sherwell would seek to steal her children or try to possess her body. However, if it's a man, she would try to kill him after she tried to seduce him. <laughs> Went full praying mantis. Yeah, it's fine. It's totally yeah. normal. And once the boot had lived out its allotted time of earth, even the churl, it would leave and re-enter the stream of reincarnation. I, I just feel like if you murdered someone, like, I don't know that you, you should get back into that stream of reincarnation, but that may just be me. Yeah. The Indian belief in the afterlife involving transmit migration of souls dictated that the soul of the deceased was judged according to their acts while in the body. So apparently if you spirit seduced a man and then murder him, um, it doesn't count because it only counts if you're actually in your body. Okay, there you go. Loophole. Right? It does seem, though, that not every soul moves on because there's a lot of stories of haunted regions, houses, and cities where ghosts have been present for many centuries. So, for example, there's Bangor's Fourth in Rajasthan, um, an abandoned city inhabited by ghosts. It was built in the Mughal Empire in 1573. And as legend goes, they were prosperous until they were cursed by a hermit. <laughs> love this uh, a reclusive hermit who lived nearby in one version the hermit was a wise man who gave his blessing to the building of the city on the condition that none of the houses rose so high as to cast a shadow on his hillside home and block his son so the original builders did this and they were really respectful but like two generations later they kept adding to the palace and eventually it casts its shadow over his home so he curses the city and the inhabitants for their lack of consideration in a single night, all the upper stories of the buildings were destroyed and the people who survived deserted the fort and built a new city nearby. Hmm. There's also like a story of a beautiful princess and an evil wizard, but I don't know that that's like necessarily it. Although I would okay. like to point out that there is a love potion involved. <laughs> Sounds good. Right? Yeah. So let's move to Mesoamerica because a lot of times we tend to stick to yeah. Africa. So in the Maya belief system, ooh, sorry, something just tickled me. In the Maya belief system, lingering ghosts such as those said to inhabit the Bangarth um, were intolerable and needed to be kept at bay through charms, ambulance, or driven back to the underworld through intercession of a daykeeper or a shaman. The Maya idea of an afterlife was pretty similar to most Mesopotamian views that the underworld was dark and terrible, but the Maya took that vision even further. In the Maya underworld, there were numerous lords of the dead who would trick the soul of the deceased as it sought its way to paradise, which is just terrible. 
So once your soul descended into the underworld, it was on a journey um, and there's no turning back. Of course, ghosts are a different story. They're not expected to return to earth. They were supposed to stay in the afterlife. Um, the spirit would leave the body and be conducted across the great expanse of water by a spirit dog who would then help the soul navigate through various trips and traps from the Lords of death to reach the tree of life. And then you had to climb up the tree to get to paradise. Nice. Hopefully the spirit <laughs> branches broke. So any spirit that returned was considered unnatural, creepy mm-hmm. as hell. Um, they would appear in dreams. They were recognizable as family and friends. And the Meyer preferred to believe that the dead who were not at perfect rest could return in the form of plants that were either super beneficial or huh. should be super avoided. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I've, that's a new one. I haven't heard of people coming back as plants. So. Right. So there's an example of this. There's the legend of Chatby, which tells the story of two pretty women, Kevin and Oots Cole. Kevin was treated poorly by the respectable people of town because she was engaging in unlawful sex with a man outside of marriage. But the lower class loved her because she had a really good heart and she was really kind. So Oots Khalil was highly regarded by the upper class because she came from a good family. She observed all the social etiquette, but she was super cruel and hard hearted and didn't really care about anybody. So one day in the village, there's a spell cast. (laughs) It's a potion. Um, So the poor people followed it to the source and they end up at Kevin's hut and find her dead inside from an unknown cause, but she smelled really lovely. So they bury her. And the next day they find these beautiful wildflowers growing all over her grave, which smelled the way that she smelled shortly after this. It's Khalil, the not so nice one um, dies. But when she dies, the smell is terrible. Um, but because she's so respectable, they bury her with this really big ceremony and she's planted, she's buried and they plant all these beautiful flowers on her grave. But the next day, all the flowers have died. And then from her grave grows a flower known as the scum. Um, there's no scent, but it's like known now for it being a really intense flower. Um, and then the other one at Kevin's grave grew the Sabin flower, which smells sweet. And then they believe what happened is, is that their souls became infused with these flowers. So at least the one that had the horrible smell doesn't have any smell anymore. <laughs> could be worse. Yeah. It could be it could worse. come back as a corpse flower or something. Right. So then the Aztec have a similar story. Um, and it's, a little bit closer though to the churls of India, the Aztec spirit known as the Cuyateo, and it's ghost of a woman who dies in childbirth once again. So these spirits haunted crossroads, but ignored male travelers. They waited for women with children and then struck the women down and stole the children. And then they would also slip into the homes of women at night to steal their children. Um, if anyone has ever read the first Jurassic park, there's also a story about that in there. Huh. Um, turns out it was just a dinosaur that snuck in and ate a baby, but that's okay. So the Aztec also hung um, amulets and charms by the doorways to ward off the Chuyateo. 
I'm pronounced that now twice different ways in the Aztec belief system. The ghosts were also unwelcome guests who brought bad news or served omens of doom. Um, Aztec held the belief that the afterlife was gloomy and you should not come back from there. So when it did, something shitty was about to happen to you. The Aztecs um, believed that dogs could see and would protect one against ghosts. And so they buried the dead with dogs who were thought to then serve the soul in the afterlife as a guide through the underworld as a protector against the ghosts. Um, yeah. Bummer for the so, dogs. I know. I always think it's a bummer when they bury people's pets with them before the pet really was ready. Uh-huh. It's a little shitty to me. The dead were celebrated in Mesoamerican cultures instead of being mourned. Um, and this gave rise to the event known as the day of the dead. So day of the dead has been explained to me by someone of uh, Hispanic culture. It doesn't seem like the right word um, as they're not really dead. They still consider them very much alive. So like they bring food and they still festival with the, their ancient families so it's something i haven't seen the movie the disney pixar movie oh, with the coco kids. yeah i think it's something i think yep. they're supposedly have a really good explanation in there i guess watch it or yep, it's go, a good one yeah I go recommend to the, it. the dead festivals i don't know if you don't mind crying a lot go oh. ahead and watch it <laughs> <laughs> maybe, I maybe i don't suggest that movie i'm sorry it's a good movie just the last little bit there is sad so the Day of the Dead originally um, was in the time of the corn harvest, which is late July through August. But then the conquistadors came through and sh shifted to November to coincide with All Saints Day of the Catholic Church. Um, the shift in the season, the Day of the Dead from Mesoamerica came because of the Catholic Church's policy of Christianizing all the previously existing pagan festivals. Um, this similar thing happened in Northern Europe, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales. And that's how Samhain, Samhain, the Halloween. Um, yes. Yeah. What looks like Samhain, but isn't pronounced that way. And I can never remember how it's actually pronounced. I actually wrote it. It says it's pronounced Soween. Soween. So when. So when. So when. Interesting. Very yeah, Gaelic in nature. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell it's Gaelic if there's no way you can possibly know how it's pronounced looking at it. And, and it doesn't sound anything like what. But so what I learned in Scotland is if you just sound it out as you go along, it's like that game that you play of license. You know, when you see people's license plate and you're like, I'm being right. 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 I am being right. Got it. You have yeah. to say it. And then like you hear it. And that's what it, really the word is. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Sawin, the pagans of the region saw life as cyclical, not linear. So the year revolved like a wheel. Um, and so when was the end of one cycle and the beginning of the next. And it was thought that at this time, the veil between the living and the dead grew really thin. So once again, the dead could walk across. People are very concerned with this veil. Um, in Celtic realms, this takes place in late October, early November. And it traditionally begins at sundown on the 31st of October and goes until the 2nd of November. 
Um, although some places will celebrate it until a week after. And then, you know, we came up with Halloween so that we could trick or treat, but <laughs> whatever. So during this time period, the dead were thought to walk freely through the world of the people. And so people would prepare meals and then the relatives would enjoy them to celebrate their departed friends. Um, it's important celebration from when the harvest is brought in. This is when cattle are slaughtered. That's when they're salted for the winter, the bones are burned. And if you burn the bones at that time, these bone fires then turned into bonfires. There you go. On little thumbsies. Uh, the dark side, however, is that the dead were super restless and they were free to roam. So people initiated the practice of wearing masks so they wouldn't be recognized by the spirit who wanted to harm them. And this is when we turned it into Halloween. Nice. So even though it's the belief that the dead could return to the earth at All Saints Day, um, it, this has been changing because of the Christian version and then like the modernization of the ghosts in mm-hmm. popular culture. So let's go down a rabbit hole because we haven't done enough. <laughs> let's talk about other paranormal shit. So in, <laughs> in modern culture, ghosts can only come out at night. There's a lot of reasons for the ghosts to hunt at night. Mm -hmm. Uh, For one thing, the world quiets down. Um, Some locations only let you enter after the close of daytime business hours. And it's a lot creepier at night. And most importantly, your mind plays tricks on you as it starts to get dark. And that is probably what 60% of ghost sightings are. Is your mind playing tricks. So then getting away from the ghost side of things bigfoot (laughs) what do you think do you think bigfoot exists no okay maybe i mean i won't rule it out as impossible but i would find it highly unlikely i mean i'm very much of there's some people that believe that there is evidence there's people that say that this poop this hair this footprint these are all signs of the bigfoot and there are actually some scientists who believe, including Dr. Jane Goodall believes that it's possible. Yeah. Um, but there's no physical remains, which is why it's like, like, how would this creature, I mean, they would have to be in such a niche area, like a perfect yeah. utopia that they would never cross paths with anyone else. And never cross paths with anybody, never have any kind of, shelter or anything that anyone has ever found or left anything behind or left hair behind or done you know and have food and have yeah yeah i don't know so it's in the i'm doubting it but you know maybe who knows right so then the next thing is where do you think ghosts inhabit the most well graveyards sure are a nice place to like start i think Graveyards are a great place. The other places is anything old and kind of beat up. So like that uneasy feeling you get when you walk into an old decrepit place with broken windows and mold and dust and dirt. Yep. Part of that's just the unease of that. Um, Sometimes even in old houses, they can shift while you're walking around, which gives you kind of an inner ear thing and creates a, you know, visual shit show. 
Also, unfamiliar places have unfamiliar sounds. So it may sound like someone walking could actually be a normal sound for a house. So, yeah, there've been lots of fun links of infrasound to it too. That Right. That basically, if you've got various things that are oscillating around, you know, what 50 Hertz or below something like that, that you're basically makes your hair stand on in and creeps you out pretty good. I'm a full believer, full believer. It's they're creepies. Um, zombies. There What's your go. take on zombies? Um, don't exist other than the weird drug people in you know Haiti, but right. Other than your weird practices in voodoo, where you actually you know drugged somebody up and made them your slave and called them a zombie, but right. Uh, so yeah, zombie. The term zombie has been used for over a century. Um, and before six, 1968, it applied to soulless slave created by who, Haitian voodoo magic. But after 1968, um, that's when the movie Night of the Living Dead came out. And that really changed that term. Mm-hmm. So like prior to that, it was just a way to describe people whose souls had been broken basically by being slaves. After that, though, it had a much different connotation. Um, yeah. Modern zombies are often the result of a virus gone wrong or something like that. Not the work of voodoo magic, which is interesting. So yeah, the new um, modern zombie is a relentlessly aggressive reanimated human corpse driven by biological infection. That's a little creepy, but also doesn't seem that far. Zombie things are creepy as hell, but I know zombies are not my favorite. They do creep me out with the modern take on them. And then finally, the question is, is the paranormal bad for big business? <laughs> so there definitely has been places and periods of times where paranormal phenomenon really does help business. Um, there is a whole brand of tourism because there's a brand of tourism for everything where travelers spend their vacation money to go to hot spots of paranormal activity. Um, instead of shying away from the reputation, some of these locations really embrace it. So you've got like the Stanley Hotel, you have the Roswell places, um, Mount Pleasant, West Virginia for the Mothman stuff and Salem, Massachusetts. They've all been forced into this tourism for paranormal tourists, but also I think they kind of love it. Yeah. I've been down in Savannah and they've got a big touring thing and they're all kinds of ghost tours all over the place. is that for everything the for all of their haunted stuff yeah savannah has a a pretty interesting like haitian creole underground too if i remember right yeah it's got a whole bunch of weird history that it's kind of in that area where you had this mixing of some creole influences pirates afro-caribbean all, all kind of come together yeah it's, it's bring it all weird. in let's piss everybody off all at once yep <laughs> yeah so that's that's my story of the supernatural tonight. Cool. Well, good stuff. <laughs> I always find all those things interesting, you know, and and yeah, I, I would say my <laughs> belief in ghosts probably varies directly by what time it is at night and how tired I am. But you know, 
think when I'm <laughs> wide awake, I'm like, yeah, whatever. And at three in the morning when I'm half asleep, it's freaking terrifying. So there you go. <laughs> well, I am a firm believer um, when push comes to shove. So yeah. 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 Yep. Oh, cool. Uh, well, thanks for the stories. It's, it's cool to kind of hear, especially some of the similarities from all over the world. You know, it's especially, you know, I'd always find it interesting that everybody associates ghosts and crossroads and that sort of stuff. And I always wonder what it is about crossroads. It always seems to have some mystical ghost related thing, like all over the place. Yeah. Crossroads are fascinating. Cause it's like yeah. the devil at the crossroads, Yep. the women in white. Yep. There seems to be a lot of supernatural occurrence with crossroads. Yep. Go figure, but cool stuff. Well, again, thank you. Um, thanks everybody for listening this week and uh, we will catch you all in a week. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye-bye.